Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune. You can follow my coverage at trib.com. Follow me on Twitter at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. We're going to do something completely different today, which could go in a number of different directions, good, bad, or ugly. We'll see. I'm going to have three fans of Wyoming football that I have known for decades on the pod today to get the fan perspective on what's going on with this program right now, how they feel about the 2022 season and the direction of things for 2023. Uh, You know, I will say this about, you know, just covering sports in general with my background. I mean, it's true. I mean, sports writers don't care who wins or loses. They care if it's a good story or not. It's always better to follow a really good team or a really bad team because that's interesting, which makes covering Wyoming kind of, I'm I'm not going to say boring, but seven and six is seven and six. So I want to get these guys perspective on just, you know, how does Wyoming either uh, become more interesting, I guess, Um, you know, they've done a good job of uh, getting to bowl games, getting to seven or eight wins, but uh you know, what's next for this program, I guess. Is it more of the same or something different? So these three guys come from a, a tech string labeled Legends of Laradice. These are guys that, uh, you know, I've known since college or in some cases way before college. And they were all at the Arizona Bowl. They all love Wyoming Cowboys football, and they all have hot takes on what's going on uh, with the Pokes. So, we have uh, Rob Jarosh, prominent attorney from Cheyenne, Brett Hansen, prominent communications person in Phoenix, and John Mortimer, a insurance mogul from Denver slash Casper. Guys, welcome aboard. This is going to be fun. Uh, I will start with you, Rob, because you've been on the, the pod before and you know how to uh, get this rolling. My question to all three of you is how do you, how do you feel about the 2022 season, Rob? Ryan, good to talk to you again. Um, it was fun seeing you in Tucson for the Arizona bowl. Um, disappointing uh, overtime finish. I'm actually one of those people that I'm somewhat encouraged by how the season went. I'm not satisfied with seven and six. I'm not satisfied with close to 500 records for the last few years. Um, but I had low expectations coming into this season. You know, I think in Vegas, the over-under on the Pokes was to win five games. Um, they, you know, they shot past that pretty early. They should have won nine. Um, and so I'm I'm encouraged. Uh, I think there's a lot of room for improvement. And my big question, I guess, is, um, is Craig Bowl the guy to get us there? I mean, he's He's accomplished quite a bit in his nine years. Um, it's been since the 60s since we, you know, had a three-game bowl winning streak like we did under him before the loss in Tucson. So he's gotten us to a certain point, and he had a, a more successful season this year than I thought he would. But I don't know if he can get us any further. And that's, I guess, the big question for me right now is when seven and six is a surprisingly good season, um, what what more is there there left from this regime? Um, we've played in one conference championship game and lost, and uh, I think a lot of us want to see more than seven and six and and bowl games like the one that we went to. Yeah, I mean, obviously Wyoming was picked to finish fifth in the Mountain Division. A lot of that stemmed from 
the chaos of the transfer portal a year ago. And, you know, probably a lot of people questioned whether Craig and his staff could adapt to the new era of college football. I personally think they adapted pretty well to it. And this seven and six finish feels a lot different than last year's seven and six finish when there was massive attrition afterwards. Brett, uh, you know, you love the Arizona bowl. You're down there. It's a great bowl for them to go to. A lot of Wyoming fans love that bowl. Cause there's a lot of people down there just, you know, you've, you've followed this program for years. You've known Kevin McKinney for decades. What do you think about Craig bulls legacy right now? And is there a, another chapter to be written here? I think there is. I mean, let's go back to that Illinois game and the texts that were floating around this group and what this season looked like we had in store for us and the way it ended. I don't think anybody in the second half or halftime of that game would have envisioned going to a bowl. So I think you got to look at it that way. I think you also have to kind of be careful what you wish for. I mean, I did a little math. There, there weren't a whole lot of bowls between the exit of Joe Tiller in the Craig Bowl era. You know, Joe Tiller, I think a lot of fans didn't really – kind of screwed that one up. We we didn't realize what we had and we knew he was a good, good coach and we know what happened there. But the, the 17 years, there were three bulls in the Craig Bull era, five bulls in nine years, maybe eight, because I'm not counting 2020. I never want to think about 2020 again. I don't think anybody does. So you can throw that one out. So, you know, it is Wyoming football and we know what our past is and we know what we currently have. And I'm good, you know, with with what we have. And I, I want to see, you know, obviously see my team do better, have a better record in seven and six. But, you know, if you look at our history compared to what we've had over the past nine years or so, you know, there's a lot of teams that would trade places. One in Fort Collins as well. Look at what they've done since 2016. And I don't think we want to do that. I think so. The direction is there. There's it's it's been solid. And but let's let's figure out a way to grow and take it into the new era of college football. Yeah, as I kind of led my uh, season wrap-up column, you know, the bronze boot is awesome. I wrote a book about it, The Border War. It's great. But right now, winning the bronze boot shouldn't be the biggest celebration you have in a season. Colorado State is down. Wyoming has owned the boot in recent years. It's time to strive for the Mountain West Championship. I think when you look at the bull era, and I've covered him for two seasons, he does a great job, obviously, of identifying and developing NFL talent. Now, some fans would say, well, how could you not win a Mountain West Championship with Logan Wilson and Josh Allen? I think he does a great job, obviously, of getting to bowl games and mostly competing well in them and winning them. And he does a great job, you know, running the ball and playing defense and playing old school sound football. I think the number one criticism is obviously the offense and specifically the lack of a modern passing offense. Mort, I know that's something that you've been you know, struggling with, let's say, in recent years, just Andrew Peasley is coming back, obviously. Polisek's coming back. They're going to have a good offensive line. They're going to run the ball. Just what would you say to Craig Bull in terms of his offense and and, and how it makes you feel? Well, thanks for having me on, Ryan. I <laughs> guess what I would tell Craig Bull is modernize your offense. I mean, you've got NFL talent. I mean, it's, he's a proven recruiter, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think the one thing that holds him back is him. You look back at our previous offensive coordinator, uh, Brett Vegan, and to say that, you know, a lot of fans at the time were critical of him because they thought he was the play caller. We all know that not to be true anymore. 
this is absolutely Brett, uh, Craig Bull's offense. So uh, Vegan goes up to Montana, opens up with Wyoming, throws the ball all over the field for over 300 yards, almost beats us. We have Polisek now, who is an offensive line coach from, what was it, Iowa? Is that where he came? I think his hands are tied. I don't know how much of an offense coordinator you get for an offensive line coach. He's never stepped up or even been a run game coordinator or anything like that. You would think that would fit into Craig Bull's offense. I see a couple things with Craig. I mean, he does, he cannot develop a quarterback. Why is that? I looked at that quarterback. He was a second stringer from Ohio who was light a night and day better than Peasley. I mean, it was obvious. I mean, the kid was a competitor. He could throw the ball. He could read the field. He looked at defenses. Uh, it, it's it's just amazing to me that Ohio can get an athlete like that a quarterback and Wyoming can't, especially following Josh Allen. You even look at Josh Allen. They didn't develop him. He was just a true athlete and a gifted quarterback. Now he's, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. So, uh, Craig Bold needs to fix his offense. He needs to modernize his offense. He needs to, if he's going to run the ball like he does, he needs to implement a little bit more play action. He needs to look at the middle of the field to throw the ball. I mean, Peasley, I'll never forget when we're at the Arizona Bowl that uh, it, we had a wide open, I can't remember who it was, you know, running a post. Peasley throws throws it towards the pylon. He throws it anywhere inside on that, and that's a touchdown. Anywhere. To throw it at the goalpost, the guy can run under it and catch it. There was no one there. To me, a Division One quarterback, that's a must-throw. That's a wide-open guy. You have yards and yards of space to put the ball, and he can't, and he can't do it. So I think Peasley is an upgrade from Levi Williams from last year. Uh, but, you know, you, you've got to you got to connect on at least 60% of your passes, and you got to open up the passing game. And Craig Bowles got to find a way to get these guys into some kind of rhythm. That's my take. Yeah, and, and if you look at the numbers, you know, Brett and I are bringing math into this. I was told there would be no math, but, you know, one of the key stats these days is, you know, don't look at total offense or total defense. Look at how these teams are doing per play. And Wyoming was 33rd in the nation in rushing yards per attempt at 4.9 yards per attempt. They can run the ball. You know, they, that's what they do. They're good at running schemes. Um, but on the other side of the coin, uh, they're 99th in passing yards per attempt. And we know they don't attempt very many passes at 5.2 yards per pass attempt. Uh, you know, that C.J. Harris kid that you mentioned, I, I agree. If he was, if you flip the quarterbacks in that game, I think Wyoming wins comfortably over Ohio. Uh, the question is, and Rob, you were with me at the Colorado State game where you saw the highest of high emotions with Jaden Clemens. And then, you know, at that point they're seven and three and in the mix for Mountain West championship. And then you have injuries with Peasley and you have obviously a, a debacle of a three interception game against Boise state with Clemens. I assume both those guys will be back. I assume Evans Voboda, the Josh Allen physique kid. Speaking of that state game. The biggest dipshit move I ever saw Craig Bowl was during that game. He gets a miracle fumble return to the 30, and he's got a quarterback in there that's played like shit all day, and he thinks he's going to surprise Boise State's secondary and throw it to – the kid throws into, you know, double coverage. 
why doesn't he run the ball? Like, I mean, if there's ever a time to run the Craig Bowl offense, that was it. Run the ball three times. Our offensive line was dominating. Boys, we might have scored. So, I'm sorry. That just is tangent. That just there's two games that really stick in my craw. That Boise State game that could have got us into the conference championship. Fresno, everyone gave up, and then you know to lose to a MAC team. We should have been playing on Tuesday. I guess that uh, this just pisses me off a little bit. Well, you know, what's interesting, Ryan, um, it wasn't as obvious, but the same kind of thing happened in overtime in the Arizona bowl. I mean, I know we're talking about how he needs to open up his offense and he needs to throw the ball more, but um, I'm not sure that, that Andrew Peasley throwing the ball in overtime was the answer when um, Jordan Vaughn had 16 rushes, 67 yards, you know, four yards, a clip, two touchdowns. Um, and I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think all we did was pass the ball in overtime. Um, I don't think there were any running plays, and then we ended up kicking the field goal. Um, so a, a little bit different because not nearly as much of a chance as a risk as what they did with Clemens in the Boise State game. But um, I was surprised um, in overtime in Tucson to see us come out and just pass the ball three or four times or whatever it was and then kick a field goal. Just as surprising, Rob, is when he opens the game and he throws the ball all over the field in the first quarter, and then the next three series after that doesn't doesn't try to pass the ball one time, three three and outs. I mean, that's a yeah. momentum. But to get back to your question, Ryan, I mean, um, I'm not sure I've ever seen uh, a, a more of a Jekyll and Hyde in a quarterback than I saw from Jaden Clemens in the CSU game versus the Boise State game. That, that was absolutely shocking to see what he did in Fort Collins on the road in front of CSU's biggest crowd of the year um, and him to march the team down at the end of the first half and then at the end of the game and win like he did. Um, and then and then Boise, I was just – I mean, I thought when we saw Clemens do what he did against CSU, we had our new quarterback. I really did. Nothing against Andrew Peasley. I just thought Clemens was the guy. He looked more comfortable. His mechanics looked good. And then in Boise, he looked just awful. Those were, so, But don't you think those are two entirely different defenses, though? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that Definitely. Kind of plays a part in it as well. But three completions and, and, and three interceptions. I mean, Boise State's defense is good. Yeah, but they're not that good. I mean. Um, I, think, I think it tells us how shitty we prepare quarterbacks for games. I mean, he was a starter all week and he was worse. So I don't know. Well, that's that gets back to what that get, gets back to what both you guys were saying, Brett and John. I mean, I agree. Bulls accomplished a lot at Wyoming. Uh, this it's not meant to be a criticism of Bulls' tenure at Wyoming, um, but I'm not sure. I'm not satisfied. Like, I don't want nine more years of this, um, personally. I'd like to win a conference championship. I'd like to go back to a, a, a bigger bowl game. And so he deserves a lot of credit for getting us where he's gotten us. But I'm not sure he can get us any further. Um, because, John, you're talking about, we're all talking about, he's got to revolutionize his offense. We've got to be a different offense. We haven't talked about it yet, but he's got to learn to use the transfer portal better. Um maybe it's not him that needs to do that. Maybe it's someone else. I I, I don't know. I just, I want to see, I thought last year was the year. I thought last year was the year when he was going to take us to the heights that we hadn't been to in quite a long time. And it was such a disappointment. And we talk about how maybe he learned from last year and maybe this year was progress. 
but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Next year is a next year's a big one. I think oh. the pieces are in place for next year. Guys exactly. back from injuries. I remember seeing Ryan's tweets at the start of the season about the defensive guys we lost. Again, you're going, oh my gosh, what's going to go on this year? End up playing the way they do. Get a couple, you know, playmakers in place. Work that transfer portal for next year. Offensive line is pretty much back. Defensive line's good, and I, I think next year is going to be a very, very, very interesting year for this program. Believe it or not, I am not anti-bowl. I mean, seven and six isn't where I wanted to be this year, <laughs> but I remember the two and ten days. And, yeah, though, and, and we don't want that. No, I mean I would rather be seven and six and two and ten any day. So. I think Bowl is actually a great recruiter. I think he he can develop defensive guys, especially. Uh, he needs to figure out how to improve his offense, and you know he he makes a lot of money. So I I don't have any hesitation criticizing him, and he should be able to take it from anybody. And I wish that I wish the beer writers would just hammer him a little bit more on that and make him answer those questions. So. Ryan, you've got his number. Can you dial him into this podcast right now? We've got some questions for him. I think Craig's probably listening, so uh, you know, <laughs> he has your attention. You have his attention. Um, let's take a look at, at the offseason. You know, when you look at the depth chart going into the Fresno State game, the last regular season game, the only starter that is officially not coming back from the defense is Cam Stone, uh, a cornerback who – I think thought he was going to go to the Pac-12, ends up at Hawaii. I think, uh, you know, Wyoming's defensive staff is very confident in the guys that are returning at corner and also that they're going to add one or two more corners out of the portal and actually upgrade there. So when you think about <clears throat> uh, if if Goodbow comes back and rejoins Burton Oley and then you have the depth behind them that had to play when those guys were injured, that's a nasty defensive front. If Sebastian Harsh is half as good as they say he is, you know, he's going to be in there with Siders and Devon Harris creating a lot of havoc in the pass rush. I think Easton Gibbs really impressed me a lot considering the two guys he was following in their footsteps in Logan Wilson and Chad Muma. Easton Gibbs isn't quite as big as those guys, but he's got the heart of those guys and and is a great linebacker. And, and from what I understand, and this is the world we live in. A lot of Pac-12 teams that missed on him, he's a California kid, are reaching out. And my guess is he will be back because he's a Wyoming cowboy. So if Easton Gibbs comes back and then they loved Buck Coors at nickel, you know, he'll probably be in there with Glinton. But Rook Brown did a great job. A guy who looks like a high school junior varsity soccer player with his size is just racking up tackles. I mean, this defense, let's just hit on the defense for a minute more. You're an old linebacker. Are you excited at least about the defense and the fact that as critical as you are of the offense against Boise state, they were within one play of beating Boise state. Absolutely. I love our defense. And I think Craig Bold, you know, that's just, he's a defensive guy and you can see his teams are all great defensively next year coming back. I think Bertinoli and Goodbow uh, are as a duo. If they can stay healthy, they're as good as any two interior defensive linemen in the country. Even in the SEC, I mean, those guys. That Goodbow is a dominant player. He's 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 awesome. 
I believe football games are win up one up front. So your offensive line and your defensive line, if you can put pressure on the quarterback, if you can stuff stuff the run, it changes it changes teams' game plans on what they can do. So I love our defense coming back. I love everyone we have. Easton Gibbs, that's it, from a linebacker from start of the year to the end of the year. I think he showed the most improvement out of everybody. Jakari Hawkins, I was a little disappointed in. I think that, uh, you know, he's probably the best athlete on the team. I wish he'd learned to jump a route. Uh, he plays a little soft, in my opinion. Uh, and especially coming from the SEC, you would think a guy coming to the Mountain West would be licking his chops. And, you know, I, I was expecting three or four interceptions from him. Didn't happen. So I'd like to see him get a little more aggressive uh, next year. And we'll see what we can add in the portal. But uh, defensively, we've we've got a, a Mountain West championship defense, in my opinion. Yeah, average yards allowed per play, Wyoming was 53rd nationally at 5.35. And that's with kind of, you know, an offense that goes three and out a lot, which asks a lot of your defense. So I, I really like Jay Savell, the defensive coordinator. I think he I think he genuinely loves Laramie and loves coaching cowboy defense. And, you know, he's adjusted well to the portal. You know, I know some of the guys, you know, fans get a little upset when guys go into the portal and you're like, okay, this guy's in the portal, this guy's in the portal. There's two sides to that. And I think, you know, when coaches have, you know, postseason meetings and ask guys what they're interested in improving on or working on next year and they say their brand or things like that, they're thinking about entering the portal. I think some coaches are like, don't think, do. Go ahead and enter the portal. So I'm very encouraged with Wyoming's defensive staff and the the talent they have coming back. It's all going to circle back to the quarterback. Brett, have you ever seen a guy like Peasley coming into a sixth year? I mean, we've seen it with Josh Allen in the NFL. Is there hope that his experience, if they surround him with enough he can take his game to a level, a championship level. Yeah, I mean, we saw flashes of it this year. Now you've got a guy that's in the second year in the system. He knows everything about it. He knows the coaches. He knows the system. You know, there's a there's an adjustment period when it comes from another school to another school. And for him to come back, he got the whole offseason programs, everything. I, I you know, I, I'm I'm encouraged by what he's going to do. And you can't beat a quarterback with experience. I mean that that's what everybody wants. He's got a year under his belt and let's see what happens next year. But I think I think of what's there now, he's the right guy for that. I'm encouraged with Alex Brown. I mean, he was so quiet and you wonder like where was this guy when they had Nayor? Why wasn't he wide open getting the ball when when the defenses were focused on Nayor? But in a small sample size, like Mort mentioned, I mean, he was open for a potential game-winning touchdown in the Arizona Bowl. He caught the game-winning touchdown from a different quarterback at Colorado state. I think there's something to work with there and they have some good possession receivers, but with this portal, you would love to see them add at least one game changer at wide receiver. I know it's probably hard to recruit those guys like, Hey, yeah, if you come here, we're actually going to pass you the ball, (laughs) but somehow they have to convince them. You're the one that's going to change this thing. What do you think Rob about the portal going forward? They've got a couple scholarships open now. What should they be targeting here? I mean, I think we're set on the defensive side. A little bit of question, you know, in the secondary, but I think they need to go get a 
It's going to be hard, but I think they need to go get a big wide receiver that can that can make plays. We're set at running back, right? Assuming McNeely and DQ come back. Um, yeah. Even though Harrison Whaley is awesome. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe Harrison Whaley is either not going to a Power Five or not trying to see if he can go to the NFL. I mean, he yeah. was the fastest guy on the field when they played Northern Illinois. I think my guess is that he will be the starting running back and that and I'd also say this, if DeWine McNeely can ever stay healthy, if he were yeah. the starter, I think Ward mentioned this after the game, but he were in there at the Arizona Bowl, he probably would have been the MVP of that game. The way he hits the holes, uh, I think Yovan, I think, was like, he did fine. He would have been the hero. He was two minutes away from being the hero of the game with the winning touchdown. But I think a lot of his runs were like, don't screw this up. Don't fumble. That sort yeah. of thing. The last thing I think we need to worry about is Wyoming's running back situation. I agree. I mean, I honestly don't think it's a talent issue. Um, I think we're talented all around. And the transfer portal, a lot of people complain about the transfer portal and think that Wyoming's losing too many players to the transfer portal. That's just not true. I mean, you look at the, look at the statistics. Look at uh, the program. Um, Wyoming's got nine guys in the transfer portal. CSU's got 28. Boise State's got 15. Air Force has got 13. New Mexico's got 23. Fresno's got 13. Um, we've got the talent, and most of them are sticking around. So I'm not sure that there's, you know, yeah, there, there are a few things that we can do in the portal, but we've got almost everyone coming back. And um, But I do mention one other guy that we haven't talked about because I, he blew me away this season, particularly in the Arizona Bowl and the Boise State game, and that's Devon Harris. Man, that guy's athletic. He he's got the chance to turn into a a stud. I mean, because he's got he's one of those big, tall, six three, six four defensive ends that can just explode around the outside. I think he had eight sacks or eight and a half sacks this year, but he played amazing in Arizona. He play, I think he had three sacks against Boise. So not only do we have good bout and Bertignoli coming back, hopefully, but then you've got Devon Harris <laughs> lined up to the right side of them. I mean, and the Sebastian kid. Yeah. And Siders yeah. blew up the Arizona Bowl. Yeah. We we're got not talent. I, I'm not worried. I honestly am not thinking to myself right now, oh my God, we've got to go get a whole bunch of people in the transfer portal or else we're in trouble. I think it's just getting the talent that we have to the next level. Yeah, here's what's going to happen in the spring and fall camp. I'm going to write about all these guys and talk to all these guys. And you guys are going to get excited again. And then is there going to be another huge letdown or not next season? Let, let's talk about next season briefly here. Okay. Uh, they open up at home against Texas Tech, uh, a really good on the Ascension Big 12 team. And you're going to have to score some points to beat them. They have host Appalachian State, one of the group of five darlings. They're at Texas. Uh, you know, Sarkeesian is under an incredible amount of pressure there. And, you know, maybe Arch Manning is they're begging for him to get in against Wyoming. We'll see. Uh, they host Colorado State, obviously. They host Fresno State, the reigning Mountain West champion. They're at Boise State, at Air Force. I know Bull probably doesn't want to hear this. I'm sorry, Craig, if you really are listening, but that schedule is built to go to the New Year's Six Bowl if you are running the table there. Um, that's what that schedule is designed to do. I'm not saying that I think they're going to do that. I'm just saying it's it's uh, 
I'm going to get everyone excited during fall camp. And and can they can they pull off a game like they did against Missouri when Texas Tech comes to town and, and get some national attention, Brett? Yes. I mean, you look at that schedule. I've kind of had the 2023 schedule circled on my calendar for a while, just what it's all about. You open up with Texas Tech, and it also brings it back is getting people in the seats. Nothing helps this team more than a packed house, and it'll be the opening week of the season. It'll be perfect weather. There's no excuse in the world for that thing not to be sold out. Appalachian State the same way. And going to Texas, you probably know what will happen there, but you never know. But, yes, this is the season that – in the schedule that you want to see as a fan and let's see what we got and let's go at. Mort, are you excited or are you um, still dragging after the Arizona bowl? Oh, I'm excited. I mean, anytime you get a schedule like that, that's what you want Wyoming to do. You want to play those teams. I think we have a defense that will keep us in, in games. I honestly do. If they can find an offense that keep them off the field a little bit more. Uh, I'm telling you, I mean, if we can come back next October and talk about, uh, this defensive line and, and our and our linebacker crew, and we call me out on it, but I'm telling you, they're going to be able to play with anybody in the country. And when you got that, and you can put pressure on a quarterback, it helps your secondary. I think we'll be able to stay in the game if we can score some points. I really do. Josh, are we uh, setting setting you you up for heartbreak here? <laughs> well, I mean, I think we're going to go 12 and 0 every year. Um, <laughs> At least that's what I, I convinced myself of. But when I, honestly, when I look at the schedule next year, I think it's all about the Mountain West Conference. Um, yeah, it would be amazing to to go to a New Year's Day Bowl. Um, but if we can, it, you don't know. I mean, we, we the game against Illinois, we looked awful. I would have never, ever thought in a million years after that Illinois game that we were going to go to a bowl game and that we were going to be playing Boise State for a chance to play Fresno to go to the conference championship game. So I don't know. I, I'm going to promise myself right now not to put a lot of stock in the Texas Tech game or even the Texas game and hope that the Texas Tech and the Texas game in particular can be used to get us where we need to be for the Mountain West Conference schedule because the Mountain West Conference schedule sets up pretty good for us, um, especially with having a team like Fresno at the end of the season at the war maybe for a chance to win that side. So um, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I I don't know. By the time September 2nd rolls around, I'm going to believe that we're going 12-0. You know me. Hey, if Tulane can do what they did this year, why not us? They were 2-10 and 10 last year. Exactly. I should also note that Tulane completed eight passes against yep. USC and won a shootout. So that if running the ball. ball, I am putting all <laughs> the, two, I'm putting the Tulane tape in Polisek's office and saying, see, let's five of this. those. Were the, five of those were in the last five minutes. He had completed three passes. I didn't realize incidentally that. the same number of passes that Jaden Clemens completed against Boise um, with five minutes left. And then, you know, can we get USC? Can we get USC on the schedule? To Mort's <laughs> point though, you know, they set that up with the dominant running game. Those yeah. completions were for massive yards, big plays. That's what you want if you're Wyoming. You want to run the ball, and then when Peasley has Alex Brown streaking down for a wide-open 65-yard touchdown, he's got to hit it. I think that's yeah. the key. I think fans will put up with this offense if they are 
competing for a Mountain West championship. And that means some explosive plays in the passing game. We're not telling Craig Bull that they need to pass it 35 times a game. You need to get 225 yards passing somehow, even if that's only, you know, 12 big completions. They got Tulsa tape. 25 points. I mean, if they can score 25 points a game somewhere in there, that they're gonna they're gonna be in a lot of football games next year. Well, even those passes that in that not to not to go too much into Tulane, but even those passes that they did complete after they set it up with the run, they weren't long downfield passes. I mean, that big huge gain that got them on that two play drive with four minutes left. I mean, that was just, I think it was just a slant over the middle that the guy just exploded through the secondary and got 75 or 80 yards on. We we can complete those kinds of passes, can't we? Except we don't throw the damn ball over the middle. Right. I know. Yeah, Wyoming averaged 21.2 points per game this year. That's 110th out of 131 FBS teams. If they average 25 points a game, I mean, they won seven games you know, basically scoring three touchdowns a game. So I think uh, the point of the, this, Craig, if you're still listening, is, you know, these guys are being a little bit critical of the passing game, but they're, I think they're saying you're you're very close and, and they want to see you get over the hump. So guys, thank you very much for giving the, the fan perspective, the Legends of Laradice perspective. You're the three best fans I know. And, uh, three best Star Tribune readers I know. So thank you very much. We've come a long way since I helped my neighbor deliver the paper. (laughs) All right, guys, we'll do it again. Thanks again. Go Pokes!